Just wait until conspiracy theorists discover they are part of a conspiracy to use conspiracy theorists to spread disinformation via conspiracy theories. Internet Meme The tower is the 16th card of the tarot deck. Its image is a depiction of a tall tower being struck by a bolt of lightning. The lightning dislodges a crown that has been sat atop the structure, whilst simultaneously setting the building on fire. People leap from windows in terror. Symbolically, the tower is representative of anything we build up and think of as solid, anything we come to depend upon. This could be a career, a relationship, or a worldview. The tower represents our thoughts about that thing more than it does the thing itself. We are so sure of them, we cap them with the crown of truth. The lightning bolt is totally unpredictable, emerging out of nowhere as if being thrown from the realm of the gods. It dislodges the crown, removing our certainty and causing our solid perceptions to burn before us. Conspiracy theories can clearly play this role, acting as a lightning bolt that brings devastation to a previously unquestioned worldview. The fires they set off can reduce all we thought we knew to ash, requiring us to rebuild in some new fashion, hopefully with a more solid foundation. I'll illustrate this with a not atypical, but particularly instructive example. Around 10 years ago, I attended a conference on conspiracy theories, hosted by the British Humanist Association. It was a fascinating event, largely due to the rare opportunity to be in a room with an approximate 50-50 split of people with completely opposing worldviews. I might say more about this another time. For now, however, the relevant part is the conversation I struck up with the man next to me in the lunchtime sandwich queue. He told me how he'd been a completely normal person with a completely conventional mindset until the day he saw a video of the collapse of Building 7. For those that don't know, Building 7 was the third tower to collapse as a result of the 9-11 terror attacks. It did so in spite of not being hit by an aeroplane. Rather, it was struck by falling debris from the other two towers, which initiated office fires, ostensibly leading to its collapse. The nature of that collapse, in addition to the fact it happened at all, have led many to assert it was in fact brought down by pre-planted explosives. Those doing the asserting are not just randoms on the internet either. Many scientists and engineers have weighed in on this topic. I did my best to critically interview one of them, and I'll link to that in the comments box. My lunch queue friend described how his whole worldview had been shattered in an instance of seeing the building's collapse presented as a controlled demolition. He described how he stood looking at the screen saying over and over to himself, that's a controlled demolition, that's a controlled demolition, that's a controlled demolition. The implications were overwhelming. Everything he thought he knew about the world had just gone into freefall. Doubtlessly, if I'd heard him describe his new worldview, the new tower he'd built up, 
I'd have agreed with him on some things and not on others. The possibility also exists that, rightly or wrongly, at some future point, he may come to think differently about Building 7, concluding that it was brought down by office fires after all. Major aspects of his new worldview might still remain, absent the catalyzing event which allowed them to form. None of this should be surprising. It's the effect we would expect conspiracy theories to have. What's interesting then is when they do the exact opposite. When conspiracy theories are employed to reinforce consensus reality, to prop up the tower. Let's take a look at how this works. Around the five-year anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, Fox News invited economics professor Morgan Reynolds on as a representative of the 9-11 truth movement. Professor Reynolds is an advocate of the no-planes theory of 9-11, essentially stating that no Boeing aircraft crashed at any of the four sites that day. Well, you say, for example, that there, that there were no planes that hit the, the, the World Trade Center? Is that, is that your contention? No, what I say is that there were no air, uh, big Boeing uh, crashes at every, uh, all four events. There's no significant wreckage, for example. Well, did you there, see the videotape that the rest of us saw? Sure, and I encourage everybody to uh, do a frame-by-frame -frame penetration of the South Tower, and what you will see is a fake, uh, a cartoon uh, display. Because a plane cannot, an aluminum plane cannot go through a building like the, a, the South Tower was, a, a, as if it were thin air. Now, let's be generous and acknowledge at least the possibility that Professor Reynolds is correct. After all, I can't prove the planes weren't holograms. It remains the case that the no-planes theory represents the most fringe and far-out aspect of 9-11 research. I could name 20 people, easily, who would be capable of providing a more grounded and erudite criticism of the US government's account of 9-11, inclusive of the possibility of an inside job. Yet surprisingly, those people don't make it on to Fox News. Instead, they select guests who present fantastical accounts of holographic planes. This approach crosses the political spectrum. Over on MSNBC, Rachel Maddow plays a similar game. This was written specifically to take on the claims of the people who said that 9-11 didn't really happen, or that 9-11 was an inside job, that 9-11 was not actually an attack on our country, but was rather a hoax perpetrated by our government in order to enslave us or something. It didn't work. The 9-11 conspiracies have stood up to the facts disproving them. The 9-11 conspiracies have not gone away because they are too ideologically and, I think, emotionally satisfying to the people who espouse them. And so this is how the game is played. When points are raised that bring the foundations of the tower into question, conspiracy theories can be employed as a way of dismissing them through association. To take another mythical metaphor, it is as if the boy who declares the emperor to have no clothes is dismissed because somebody else in the crowd shouts that, in addition to being naked, he is also an aardvark, or a shape-shifting reptilian. It would be wrong to say that this propaganda is only a one-way street, coming only from the top down. Whilst 
Fox and MSNBC do doubtlessly dupe their viewers, the viewers themselves are often willing dupes. Not wanting to think their governments are capable of evil on such a scale, it is reassuring to have their favoured media outlet inform them that they have tested such claims and found them to be bunk. Given that this dynamic benefits elements within governments, we may speculate as to their role in creating them. For example, as employees of the CIA's Bin Laden tracking unit were protecting two of the hijackers on Flight 77 from arrest, then they doubtlessly benefit from conspiracy claims that no plane hit the Pentagon. No plane means no hijackers means no problem. When the people propagating these theories are themselves intelligence agents, as in the case of MI5's David Shaler, for example, we might begin to ask the deeper question. Things that can't be explained away. For example, how does, even if you think that it's a 757 that goes into the Pentagon, how does that get through the Pentagon's automated anti-missile defence system? The only thing that can get through that is someone who knows the code for friendly fire that day. And then in addition to that, of course, there is an 18-foot hole. You can see in the, the facade of the Pentagon before it falls, and the picture's taken before it falls. But yeah. no damage consistent with uh, wings or engines. Whilst I focused on the September 11th attacks as an example, this dynamic is of course not limited to them. From 7-7 to the Boston bombings, serious questions about the state's relationship to terror are covered up by conspiracy theory. The most recent example of this is of course COVID-19. Criticism of the government's policy regarding lockdowns, vaccine safety and compulsory masks can all be avoided by claiming anyone opposed thinks the virus doesn't exist and the excess deaths are due to 5G radiation. Recently, emergency services in the UK have had to deal with a spate of attacks on mobile phone masts, motivated by conspiracy theories linking coronavirus to 5G. It lowers your immunity and runs people down. 5G is a weapon. Hi guys, do you know what you're doing now? You're laying 5G? Yeah. So you know that kills people? The theories range from claims that 5G weakens the body's immune system to the idea that the virus is literally created by 5G. It absorbs oxygen. That's just nonsense. Dangerous nonsense as well. It's not merely an opinion or an interesting conspiracy. It's just bollocks. So, what has 5G got to do with coronavirus? Spoiler alert, absolutely nothing. I do not think the solution to this problem lies in action, but rather recognition. If the points I am making here are new to you, then you will doubtlessly see this dynamic playing out from now on. The term limited hangout refers to an intelligence agency releasing some information about an event, but in a distorted way to prevent a deeper truth from emerging. For example, the CIA finally admitting that Frank Olson didn't commit suicide, but had leapt from a hotel window after taking LSD, was a limited hangout to cover the fact they'd had him thrown out of that window. Perhaps we need a catchy new term for an unlimited or exaggerated hangout to describe this phenomenon of avoiding deep questions by associating them with fantasy. Suggestions on a postcard, please.